Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 297 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Excited to be back with you after a couple of weeks away around the Thanksgiving holiday. Today, I'm going to be talking about prepping for winter training to come. Depending on your climate, you may already be there. Unfortunately, here in Texas, we are not there yet as we have just seemingly the never-ending summer. But I've got two reasons to talk about today's topic. One is to prep you for summer training so that you maintain that consistency even as the weather shifts. And two, hopefully to put it out to the universe that we need some cooler temps here in Texas because man, it has been hot and humid. And so this is my way of sending out that energy to hopefully get some cooler weather back. But we'll talk about that in a second. I've got six different categories of things to talk about relative to winter training so that you can maintain that consistency and build yourself a foundation for 2023 and at the beginning of 2023. We'll get to that in just a second. Quickly wanted to give a shout out to my two sponsors for this episode, BetterHelp as well as Care Of. BetterHelp is a new partner. Care Of is a longtime partner and both of them have been critical to me in maintaining both my mental and physical health. So I'll talk more about those in the middle of the episode and give you offer codes for both of them. So let's jump in. Let's get right to it. I've got six things to talk about as we prep for the winter to come. It's not quite officially here, but it's just around the corner. December 21st will be the first day of winter officially. So we are under a couple of weeks away from that. And some of you, depending on your climate, may already be feeling the effects of winter weather. So before we get into those six topics, just wanted to set the baseline for this discussion. Winter runs from December to March. There may be some challenges during that time for you to maintain that consistency, depending on your part of the world. Interestingly, here in Texas, this is actually prime training and racing season because we get cooler temperatures and we'll have races that really kick in, usually starting about September and run all the way to April. We will have some races over the summer, but for us, it's warm and hot. And so we typically, that is our quote, winter for racing is over the summer here because it gets too warm. Whereas I know in a lot of part of the country and in many parts of the country, races actually die down during the winter because the conditions aren't right for it and then pick back up in the spring and summer. So we're a little bit flipped from where you might be, depending on your geography and climate. So this But this episode is tailored to those that might have to think about modifying. I'm not necessarily talking to my friends here in Austin who are enjoying a 75 plus degree day today. I'm talking about those of you out there that where winter might get in the way. And the key headline here is that consistency in training is the most important thing year round. I can tell you that early in my running career, I used to be that runner who would basically sign up for a race, train for the race, and then after the race, not necessarily maintain that consistency. And here, typically that would happen over the summer and the warmer months. And it wasn't until I realized that I needed to maintain that consistency year round that I really started to see step change differences in my results because I wasn't necessarily starting from scratch each season. And While you don't necessarily have to train at a super high level through the winter months, if it's challenging for you for whatever reason, 
it's important to maintain some sort of routine, some sort of consistency so that when you do start back, when the weather gets better, then you're able to jump in and not necessarily have to dig out of a big hole. There will be a small hole as you dig back, as you build back, but you don't want a big hole. And how you create a big hole is not by, is by not doing anything. So let's talk about these six things to main that, maintain that consistency so that when you jump back into training for your spring, summer races, again, depending on your climate, then you're ready to roll. Incidentally, there will be some applications in this conversation for those of you who might be in the South in warmer climates. We're going to talk about cold weather gear. We're going to talk about holiday planning. We're going to talk about other topics that are, that are relevant regardless of your climate. So please don't, don't stop listening here because there will be some nuggets, I think, for everybody. But there will be a particular emphasis on those that have more challenging climates. So let's dig in. Number one here in this area that I want to talk about is making sure that you choose your emphasis through this time, especially for those that have more challenging climates to deal with. And so what do I mean by that? Basically, I want you to think about how can you focus on one particular thing that might give you a step forward as you get back into training later. What's a weakness that you need to work on with consistency so that you have that in your toolkit, or at least it's more robust in your toolkit when you get back to training. And one of the things I think that can be challenging if weather is a challenge for you over the over the winter months is an all or nothing approach where we think, well, if I can't do it anything at all because it's too cold or too slick out on the sidewalks, then I'm not going to do anything at all. And so what we're trying to avoid here is that all or nothing approach. And so I would encourage you to think about choosing an emphasis that gives you a way to frame up your goals for these colder months so that you can work on something until the weather turns better again. And I think that's true regardless of your climate, you know, choosing an emphasis each season. And for some of you where summer and might actually provide more of a challenge, maybe this is more applicable for you then if that's your quote off season. But for now, we'll talk about winter as an off season for many in those, those colder months. So choose an emphasis and that will again allow you to frame up your goals for the the off season for the colder months also give you a, a framework from which to build your process to figure out what the work looks like during this time and will additionally keep you motivated because it'll give you that focus so what could be potential emphases during this time one could just simply be base training maintaining a consistent foundation the level of that could just simply be a low baseline level it could be focused more on building mileage instead of doing specific speed workouts if speed workouts are hard for you because you don't have access to a track or the weather outside is tough for for specific speed so it could be about base building either foundationally or building volume a little bit higher than maybe what you've done in the past so that could be a potential emphasis Another potential emphasis could be strength, where you take this time to, sure, maintain some baseline running routine, but maybe de-emphasize that part of the equation and 
emphasize, step up the strength training side of the equation so that you go into your next training cycle with that already established so that you're not reestablishing it or starting from scratch then so that your body is essentially adapted to the load. So you can amp up or institute a strength training program that will give you a little bit of a focus area that will be outside of the running. Again, in that construct, I still would maintain some baseline running, maybe three to four short runs a week, but then you emphasize two to three strength workouts so that you go into that next running cycle in a stronger place. Another area could be some alternative cross-training emphasis where perhaps if you don't have access to a treadmill, for example, you're doing some other indoor aerobic cross-training that gives you variety that makes it more dynamic so that you could do something different with it and have a little bit of fun with it so it could be maybe a cycling focused if you have a zwift or an indoor trainer where you work the 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 cycling side of the equation still developing the aerobic system still maintaining fitness but doing mixing up the activities so that you have some fun and kind of change it up mentally so that when you get back to the running you're fresh and ready could be swimming, could be elliptical, could be some other modality that is aerobic that allows you to create that variety so that you go in fresh to that next running cycle. Another emphasis could be on speed development, where again, if you have access to an indoor track, for example, or some sort of indoor straightaway that will allow you to do some short speed focus work that would look almost like sprint type workouts then that could be something that you decide to to put your emphasis on and so maybe your overall volume gets reduced and you amp up some workouts that might be specifically devoted to working top end speed if that's what you have access to so again there are options here for variety but you got to go think about it, figure out what you need in your training. What are some weaknesses that could be useful to work? And then also what is going to be interesting and exciting for you so that you stay motivated and bridge the gap between now and when the warmer months return for you. So that's point number one. It's kind of choose an emphasis for this window of time that fits your motivation, that fits perhaps your weaknesses that you can work And that's going to be something that is logistically possible, that you have access to the things that are going to allow you to maintain consistency during this time. Because if you're emphasizing any one of those areas, obviously you have to have the tools to do it, but then you then got to go plan the work and do the work. And I think the the key thing to remember in all of it is that we're, we're not necessarily asking for hero efforts here. You don't have to do anything out of the ordinary or crazy or over the top. What we're all, all we're asking for is consistent, smaller blocks of work. Because if you do anything consistently, especially if the alternative is doing nothing, then it's going to put you in a much better position once you resume, once you can resume a more formal, more structured training plan on the running side. So think about your emphasis, think about what you have access to, what you're motivated to do, and think about what weakness you might need to work during this time 
so that you can then feed that into your process for the next three months or so during the winter time. And I would add, there may be a couple of things that you mix into those different categories that are mentioned, or there may be something completely different altogether. But no matter what you pick, pick something that's going to keep you motivated, that you have access to, and that's going to put you in a good position to start your training more formally on the running side when you have that opportunity. So that's number one. Pick your emphasis and be creative about it so that you can work some things that you wouldn't normally work if you're having full access to all the training options. So that's number one. Number two is make sure you have the gear. Make sure you have the gear because obviously in the cooler months, there's a temptation to avoid exercise because you don't want to do it because it's too cold because maybe there are actually real safety issues with doing work in the cold. And this, this is kind of true of really whatever climate you're in. I mean, even here in Austin, we'll get down below 30 occasionally. And for, for those of us that are mostly used to warmer conditions, we like to whine about the cold when it comes. But as I like to say, there's no bad weather, only bad gear for the weather. And I can tell you, I'm someone who trained through a Chicago winter with a full Gore-Tex suit and a balaclava on my face because I don't like the treadmill and I was out there doing what I could when the road conditions allowed, regardless of what the temperature was on the thermometer. So it's all about the gear, making sure you have what you need to be able to, to get out there. And that's going to vary depending on the temperature. It's also going to vary depending on how you respond to the temperature. So one of the number one things that I recommend is for you to kind of create a personal reference table for what your clothing choices should look like depending on the weather. Temperature is going to be a variable there. Wind is going to be a variable there. And also potential precipitation may be a variable in your equation. Now, for the most part, I have a table like this and it's actually structured based on temperature. And then I've kind of got nuances off of that, depending on wind or rain, if those things might be present as well, or perhaps snow. So I think temperature should be your, your, your baseline data point for establishing this type of information, but then you can layer in the other pieces. And again, depending on your climate, you may face different things. And so that this may look a little bit different depending on where you are. But I can tell you that I know exactly what I should wear if it's below 50, if it's below 40, if it's below 30. And then I've got different degrees of things depending on wind and rain as well. Personally, for me, I'm a cold hands person. My hands get cold. So if it's below 50, then gloves are on. And typically I'm wearing a light dry fit long sleeve plus running shorts. And that'll be it unless there's, of course, wind or rain coming. Once we drop below 40, then I'm potentially considering capri tights because I like a, a good man pre, as I like to call them, to give me a little bit more warmth with my legs. And then I'm also doing a long sleeve dry fit and gloves. Once it goes below 30, that's when I start adding potentially a running vest as well, going long tights, adding a running beanie to the equation. And I also have a warmer set of gloves that would kick in at that point if I'm in that situation. So think about your conditions and what has worked for you in the past and, and create literally a physical written table that says, hey, here's the temperature. If 
this temperature, then this is what I'm going to wear and save that and add to it, add notes to it later, make adjustments. Because what ends up happening, at least, and especially here, but maybe everywhere, is you forget over the warmer months and then you come back to it and you find yourself, what am I supposed to wear? And so for me, I'll just go to my chart. Here's what worked in the past. And boom, I've got the information I need to get the gear. Because I've found if I have the right gear, then I'll feel comfortable enough out there and be able to actually enjoy the experience enough to want to keep doing it regardless of the of the conditions. And for some of you, again, depending on your climate, you may need to be adding waterproof, windproof jackets to the equation. Typically, that's not something that we face too much of here. You may be adding a full face cover. I have a running buff that I'll wear in the cooler temperatures. I can pull up over my face or at least part of my face. So there are different variables to the equation depending on where you are, but I would encourage you, highly encourage you to invest in that cold weather running gear so that you feel good when you're out there. Now, one thing to note about all of this is that you want to, once you figure this out, you want to kind of figure out what works once you get moving a little bit. The challenge with cold weather running is that typically, unless we're stepping out a little bit uncomfortable in those initial conditions, meaning a little bit cold, then we're probably wearing too much. So if you're comfortable at the beginning, before your body heats up and gets moving, then you're probably wearing too much. And so that's when you need to think about the ability to, to de-layer on the run or simply enduring those initial moments of being a little bit cold while the body warms up because it typically takes me probably 10 to 15 minutes to get fully comfortable once I get going out there if it's cold. So just know that that's a part of the equation that you shouldn't necessarily be comfortable when you step right out. You should be a little bit chilly, then let the body warm up, and then you should feel good once you get going. Another thing to note is if you're layering to really think about investing in some really good base layer products that will wick away from your skin so that that moisture isn't sitting on you, that it's being wicked to the outside of whatever you might be wearing. So I highly recommend investing in some base layer products. I have a couple from Kraft, which is one of my favorite base layer brands that you can wear particularly on your skin at, at the very base layer so that again, that wicks away from your skin and will help keep you more warm as you're sweating. So those products are high quality. They're a little bit pricey, but they will last you a long time. So I highly recommend you check out some craft base layer or other base layer products because if you layer the right way, particularly once it gets down in the, the low 30s and below, then that's going to significantly change how you feel out there on the run. So think about and invest in some high quality base layer products. I highly recommend you invest in some high quality running gloves, some high quality outer garments, meaning jackets, things like that, that are going to be windproof or waterproof, depending on your conditions. Those are the types of products that you want to spend a little bit more money on if you have the ability, because high quality will not only work better, but it'll also last longer. A glove brand that I highly recommend you check out if you haven't gotten a good pair of running gloves is Manzella. That's M-A-N-Z-E-L-L-A. 
the nice thing about Manzella is they have a full spectrum. They also have gloves that can be used for winter sports, other winter sports. But they have a full spectrum, including things that you can use for running. They also have a pretty easy way of categorizing it from warm, warmer, warmest, so that you can really see what's going to be hotter uh, or warmer for you to wear versus other items. So they've got a good categorization mechanism so you know what what what's the right level of product to buy from their site. So check out Manzella if you don't have a good pair of running gloves. Another thing I highly recommend from a gear perspective is investing in some traction devices, especially for those that are facing winter ice or snow conditions. Two primary brands here. I actually have versions of both Yak Tracks as well as Catuli spikes. They are really easy. You just Put them on over your shoes so that it gives you spike-based traction on ice and snow. It works really, really well. I've done it for runs on ski trips, and I really highly recommend. They They have different levels of spikes depending on what kind of terrain and what level of challenge you might be facing with the slick conditions, but I've got basically both of their base models, Yak Tracks as well as Catuli. Both of them work really well. Again, they give you that traction on ice and snow so they don't slip and hurt yourself. So if that's something you regularly face, I would highly recommend investing in that product. Again, it's nice. You can just slip it on the outside of your shoe so you don't have to add something to it. And you can also take them on and off really easily. So it's an easy thing to add to your routine. So I would check those brands out. And if you're in environments that face snow and ice it's a must-have something from one of those two companies so make sure overall that you have the gear to face these cold weather months because when you have the right gear believe me it's way easier to get out there and get the work done and as someone who hates running on a treadmill or running inside it's the key it's been the key for me when i've been in colder climates to get out there and if you have the right gear once you get going typically it's worth it but it's just that initial hump you got to get over to get out there and get started and and make sure you have the right stuff on when you're doing it so that's number two before we get to number three i want to talk about my partner care of they've been a partner now for a couple of years i use them to help get my daily vitamin and supplement needs and as we end the year this is a good time to be thinking about this how you want to kickstart 2023 with all of the things that are going to get your performance in a good place and care of can help you do that. I like it because it's really simple. You go to their website, you take their quiz, you put in your goals and they will give you back a list of potential supplements to take to meet those goals. You can also add to it if there's other things that you've been thinking about. It's when I started working with them, Vitamin D was the product that I primarily was sourcing from them and it allowed me to, because of that subscription service, it allowed me to basically not miss a day of my vitamin D intake, which was an important part of my performance. Now I've added other things to my pack, but you can do that by simply, again, going to take the quiz, get the list, put together your packs. Once you sign up, you you have it on subscription and they'll just send you those packs so you don't even have to think about it and you never run out. The other thing which is relatively new in this in their world is they have an app 
as well. So you can go use that, sign on, download the app and use that as a tool for daily reminders. And you can also get updates on your subscription or make changes to your subscription there. So I highly recommend downloading the app. It's just another layer of support to help you get everything you need to be your best. Their vitamin and supplements are made from good, high-quality ingredients. They'll also give you the exact science that you might need to back up any claims that might be out there about how those things can help you so you can do your own research, build your daily packs, and then get the things you need, especially heading into 2023 to be your best running self. So go check it out for 50% off your first order. Go to takecareof.com. Use the code ROGUE50. I'll link that in the show notes as well. Again, takecareof.com. Use the code ROGUE50 for 50% off your first order so that you can kickstart 2023 the right way for you. All right, let's get back into it. Going on to number three, I want to talk about gear, but a different kind of gear. One of the things that people always ask me about is if I'm training through the winter months in a place where it's either too cold or too dangerous with ice and snow to get out there, what about the treadmill? Can I use that as a tool or perhaps what about other cross-training modalities? Can I use those as tools to basically bridge the gap until I can get outside safely again? And the answer is absolutely you have a treadmill, use the treadmill, please, even if that's all you can exclusively train on. I know that's challenging for people, but hey, if you can jump on with something on the screen at the same time and kill two birds with one stone, watch Netflix while you're doing your run or your workout to pass the time, then more power to you. I highly recommend if that's your best way, get on the treadmill. Second best choice if you don't have access to a treadmill would be an elliptical machine. That's another way that you can generate cross-training that is aerobic, that's also very similar enough in movement. It's not going to translate necessarily perfectly to the running, but will give you all of the aerobic elements that you need to be fit when you can get back on the roads again. So yes, absolutely use a treadmill if that's what you have access to, if that's what you can use safely in order to maintain that consistency through the winter months. I wanted to mention a couple of notes on training on a treadmill. One is that I do recommend that you that you play with the incline incline slightly in order to potentially better mimic the slight resistance that you'll get on the road. And so typically what I recommend is that you bump up the incline to 1% to give you a similar resistance to what you would experience on a flat road. It also tends to, I feel, make the running feel more natural on a treadmill is if you bump up that incline just ever so slightly. It's not enough to make you feel like you're running up a hill by any stretch, but it does better mimic what you might face out there on the road. So 1% incline is something to try. Now, if it doesn't feel comfortable or feels weird, then and it feels better for you to go with a a zero incline, then I would go back to that. So don't do this blindly, but try the 1%. And then the other thing to think about here is modifying workouts. I It's hard from my perspective to do short intervals, say 200 meter, 400 meter intervals on a treadmill and try to go back and forth with paces in short intervals. I think that can be challenging. And so what I encourage people to do is to translate 
those types of workouts, if you're doing them in the context of your training to something that might be more fartlek based. So for example, instead of doing 400 meter repeats, maybe you do 90 second intervals where you work down the pace using the, the pace buttons on the treadmill hold once you get to that target pace for 90 seconds and then slow it down again for your recovery and then kind of go back and forth. So think about translating those workouts that you might be doing on a measured track or measured surface to more fartlek style workouts so that you're doing it by time instead of by distance. I think you can also consider simplifying workouts, particularly if you don't have a race immediately on the horizon. So if you're just in that maintenance mode where you're not necessarily training for something specifically, you're, but you're maintaining your base foundation and wanting to keep the, the workouts relatively simple and straightforward, you know, you can do 90 second intervals. Like I talked about, you can do simple tempo runs, three to five mile tempo runs at around half marathon effort continuously so that you maintain that connection with your aerobic strength. You could also do broken tempos where if, if it feels uncomfortable to run three to five miles continuously at tempo, you do it in 800 meter or one mile increments that are a little bit longer so you don't feel like you're bouncing back and forth too much on pace. So use far leg style workouts, use tempo workouts, so that you can stay in touch with your speed without necessarily overcomplicating things or making things too difficult or uncomfortable to do on a treadmill type surface. You can do similar things on the elliptical. Again, if that's what you have access to, I recommend doing it by time in that situation. So maybe you do, again, shorter intervals at 90 seconds. Maybe you do longer chunks where you're doing 20 minute tempo, for example, or 30 minute tempo where you're trying to target instead of a specific pace, you're trying to target a specific heart rate that could be in that that tempo slash threshold zone for you. And if you're not sure what that is, you can go back and look at a tempo run that you did on the roads recently and where your heart rate leveled off. Try to recreate that heart rate in the elliptical or on the elliptical in order to get a similar stimulus. So those are a couple of different ways but I do encourage you to keep a little bit of speed. Doesn't necessarily have to be more than once a week, but once a week, do something a little bit faster so that you don't lose connection with those fast, fast twitch fibers. And so that when you do get into the full load of work again, your body hasn't lost too much from that perspective. So use the treadmill, use it liberally if you need to in order to get the work in safely and or use some order other some other cross training modality and if you don't have access to an elliptical you can recreate these workouts on a bike as well it's a little bit harder to do because it's hard to get your heart rate up in the same ways but again we're not looking necessarily for for perfection we're just looking for a little bit of that speed style sim, style stimulus to stay connected to that end of our aerobic range so that when we do get back to full training on the roads again, outside again, then we're, we're not starting from scratch. So you're not looking for perfection here. You're looking for just a little bit of stimulus to stay in touch with your speed and with those higher ends, with the higher end of the aerobic zones. Okay. That's number three. Use a treadmill if you have to. 
it's all good. Number four, let's talk a little bit about hydration because I think this is something that's often neglected in the winter months when we are lulled into a bit of a false sense of security because of the cooler temperatures. And yes, you are going to sweat less, most likely, in the winter months than you would in the summer months in warm, humid conditions. But you're still sweating. And perhaps imperceptibly, you know, here in Austin, we tend to have drier conditions. We haven't recently, but tend to have drier conditions in the mornings, in the winter months, where we might still be sweating, but our body our body's evaporative cooling mechanism could actually be working. And so you're not necessarily seeing that sweat accumulate on your body like you would be in the warm, humid summer morning, but you're still sweating. And I think sometimes that leads us again into a false sense of security where we're not staying on top of our hydration. And again, it doesn't have to be as amped up as it would be in the summer months, but you still want to make sure that this is an important part of your overall training regimen and equation so that while you're maintaining during the winter months you're still getting the body the water and the electrolytes that it needs to perform and to recover as well so make sure you stay on top of that in the summer months you know i typically recommend that you have a a routine a regiment that includes twice daily supplementation of electrolytes i don't necessarily think in the winter months, you have to do the same, but maybe once daily during the winter months. And again, making sure that when you're out on those longer runs, if you are outside or when you're running on the treadmill inside, that you're getting a steady stream of hydration with electrolytes throughout. You can trust your thirst largely to gauge how much you need in those situations if you're truly listening to it. But you still want to plan for it and have those things available to you so that you're getting that hydration again so that you can perform inside the run and then also recover outside the run and just make sure that after those longer efforts particularly or those harder efforts that you're doing what you can to rehydrate post those efforts to get back to peeing normally past those longer runs so that the body has the hydration that it needs to fully recover because one of the mistakes I see people people make in the winter is perhaps going out for an 18 to 20 mile long run, not feeling like they're sweating all that much because relative to the summer, they're not. And then they go back into their day right afterwards without that thought process about needing needing to get rehydrated, needing to get back to peeing normally again. And the body's sitting there wondering what's going on. It's looking for that those building blocks of repair in hydration and the electrolytes that facilitate hydration. And if you're not giving your body that, then you're going to dig yourself a hole. You're going to feel more sore afterwards. You're going to feel perhaps fatigued and run down. So just because it's cooler doesn't mean you can neglect this piece of the equation. And it's a very individual journey. Everyone's hydration journey is individual because we all respond differently. But I just want you to think about it, stay on top of it. And particularly in those windows after harder workouts or longer runs that you're on top of rehydrating afterwards to give your body those fundamental building blocks of repair. So don't neglect hydration, even though it's cooler. It's a critical, critical piece of the overall equation year round. Again, perhaps not the same level in the winter. But mentally, you need to be thinking about it because most of the time, 
we're lulled into that false sense of security that causes us to underdo it too often. And that's something I see consistently as a coach. So don't let yourself fall into that trap. Okay, before we get to number five, I want to quickly talk about my other partner for today, BetterHelp. They've been a sponsor of mine now for a couple of months. I've been working with them myself on some things I'm working through uh, from a parenting perspective. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy provider. They've literally matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, all 100% online. One of the challenges I found when first working with a therapist on some grief I was working through with a friend who passed in 2019 was just picking one, just finding the right therapist. And I was looking for an in-person therapist at the time here in Austin, but it was, it was a tough process just figuring out who would be the right fit given the needs that I had at that time. Just, there just seemed to be a lot of options and I wasn't really sure how to make decisions in choosing. So ultimately I just found a place that was reputable near my house and called and asked them, hey, who would be the right therapist to work for given what I'm looking for? And BetterHelp is sort of the online version of that where you can go in there, fill out what your needs are and they'll match you with somebody for your on online therapy needs. And then if that's not working for whatever reason, then they'll allow you to switch to a different therapist. So it's a really easy way from the comfort of your home to actually sort through your options and find somebody that's going to help you with whatever you might be dealing with. So I highly recommend you reach out to BetterHelp if you need help on anything from a mental health perspective. It's really simple. Again, you just go on to their site, fill out their questionnaire, they'll match you with somebody, and then you schedule everything online for that first session. To learn more and save 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash forward slash running rogue. That's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P forward slash running rogue. I'll also have the link in my show notes. So go check it out. Okay, let's get to the last two here. Number five and number six. Number five, I want to talk about holiday planning because we are entering that phase right now over the next several weeks where there's going to be holiday travel holiday parties, family obligations, things that you need to take care of that are a little bit outside of the normal routine. And that can get in the way absolutely of consistent training. So I wanted to to give you some notes on holiday planning so that you can make the most, particularly of the next month or so, as we celebrate the holidays and enter the new year. Number one, I want you to think about planning. Look ahead Think about when you're going to be perhaps traveling. Think about when you might have those obligations to see the people that are close to you. All of those things are good things, and I don't want you to not do them, but I do want you to plan around them to the extent that you need to in order to get your training in and to, to, to stay consistent. So look ahead and plan accordingly. That might mean moving some things around. That might mean giving yourself in advance permission to not run during a certain window and that's okay you can treat it sort of like a vacation perhaps and i've talked about that before where you know sometimes it's okay not to run if that's what you need to do in order to prioritize something else but think about it plan around it and then think about how you're going to move into and out of that particular window off so that you leave on a good foot and start back on a good foot perhaps if 
you have typically a long run on a Saturday and you're going to be traveling out on a Friday afternoon, maybe you do your long run on a Friday morning instead so that you get it done before you leave. You take some time around that holiday travel to not run and then you come back and jump back into your routine where you left off. So just think about it proactively so that you can get in as much as you can while still maintaining the integrity of what you want to do from a holiday perspective and being able to fulfill those obligations to others and and stay connected to whatever community you might be connected to during this holiday season. So think about it proactively, plan ahead. The other thing I want you to do is remember that things are going to come up, things are going to get in the way, and that's okay. Something is always better than nothing, however, especially if you can maintain some semblance of a routine. And that is true regardless of what you might have on the calendar. If you had, for example, a six-mile run or an eight-mile run on the calendar and you can't get it done or you can't squeeze it in, but you could do 20 minutes or 30 minutes or three miles or four miles instead, that's going to be dramatically better than doing nothing. Doing something is always better than nothing, and it's dramatically better than nothing. So if you have to make those choices in order to prioritize something else during this season, do it, but then try to get in some baseline level of training, even if it's just a short, easy run so that the body maintains that routine. Again, it'll make it easier when you get through to the other side. So something always better than nothing. Don't forget that piece when you have to make those adjustments. And again, here, this is not about perfection. This is simply about getting in what you can And giving yourself grace if you have to make a choice not to do what's fully on the schedule. Then the last point I would mention related to my point about treadmill, if you're on the road and you don't have access to whatever you might need according to your training schedule, then think about an alternative. If, for example, you need a track but you don't have access to a track wherever you might be traveling, then think about a way to turn that track workout into a fartlek workout instead. Or perhaps if you have access to a coach or a friend who's following the same schedule, brainstorm yourself, get creative about how you can make those adjustments given whatever you have access to. Typically, we can always do a fartlek workout in lieu of a track workout. And what you're looking for there is essentially not necessarily to maintain the exact format, but simply to maintain the integrity, the purpose for that workout. So if it's a workout that's devoted to aerobic strength, such as running threshold or tempo, how can you recreate that in a way that allows you to do the same thing, accomplish the same thing wherever you might be? If you're working VO2 max, then how can you create a workout that works the same system or part of the system without doing it the exact same way? If it's if it's simply about aerobic capacity, then do something that is focused on running easy and getting that that longer easy work in and remember even even if you can't do any of that if you can't do a workout at all then again going for a short easy run is always going to be better than doing nothing at all so at a minimum do that short easy run instead maybe add some strides some short controlled sprints at the end so that you touch on a little bit of speed development And then move on to the next and don't beat yourself up over having to make these decisions around the holidays because it's okay. Sometimes it's all right to make modifications so that you can prioritize other things and you don't have to be perfect. Just try to maintain that routine as best you can. 
So that's number five is let's be just be proactive in planning through the holidays and highly encourage you to write these things down so that you're planning it well in advance of it showing up. Okay, number six, as we wrap things up, this is also a good time of year to be thinking about goal setting. This is also a good time of year to be thinking about goal setting. Perhaps you just came out of a racing season. Perhaps you just raced a fall marathon or half marathon and we're headed into this off season for you, or maybe you're not headed into an off season, but you're heading into a racing season like we are typically in the South. No matter where you are, this is a good time to be thinking ahead to 2023 and setting goals and laying out how you might structure the new year in terms of your macro cycles. How are you going to dedicate your blocks of training? What's the first five months of the year going to look like? What's the next four to five months? How are you going to structure and break up the year with different peaks so that you can continue to step towards whatever your bigger goals might be? And this is a good time to assess all of that. So I encourage you to think about what you want in this sport. I often like people to start by doing that without thinking about a timeline. What if you didn't have a timeline? What if you had as long as you could possibly want to go get something? What would you want? Of course, we have to add a timeline at some point, but we don't have to yet when we're dreaming. So dream big without a timeline. And then once you know what that dream is, then start putting a timeline around it and working backwards to the present. In addition, make sure you're connected to the purpose for that goal. Why do you want it specifically? And there may be a list of three things, why, three reasons why you want it, but I want you to really crystallize around the most important reason why you want it. Because as I've talked about many times on this podcast, having a crystal clear purpose is a very, very important element to staying motivated in the long term, particularly for those long term focused goals. So I want this goal because X. You should be able to complete that sentence in a short, crisp, succinct way. So think about your goals without a timeline, connect it to your purpose, then from there back up to what are the interim steps and how does 2023 fit into that. Don't forget, for those of you that like to train for the half marathon or marathon, that it's an important element to include speed at some point during the year on your journey to those half marathon and marathon goals. So is there going to be a block of training in the new year that is dedicated to speed? How does that fit around your other blocks of training? Are there races that you're specifically excited about that you want to start to pencil in into an overall race calendar so that you can put together a, a set of plans that make sense to build towards that race, perhaps with some interim steps along the way? So start to think about how it all fits together. I'm a big believer in planning 12 to 18 months in advance. It can be in pencil, doesn't have to be in pen. But that gives you the ability to then piece together a plan that's going to ultimately help you get whatever you want. For me, it also gives me that longer term focus so that I can connect what I'm doing in the present to that long term potential outcome because it takes takes the pressure off it and also keeps me hyper focused so that, yes, I know what the big goals, but then I can also connect the work that I'm doing today to that bigger goal so that I stay motivated for it, so that I stay focused on it, so that I execute it correctly, so that it fits into the overall puzzle in the way that it should. So I'm a big believer in having that duality of mind where you know what the long-term vision is, but you go then back and forth between that 
and the near-term immediate step that you need to accomplish today to keep taking those baby steps towards that goal. So start to think about that stuff, lay, lay it out in pencil to connect to your friends and coaches, those resources around you that know you, your partner who, under, who might understand what motivates you, connect to others around you to start to hone in on that plan for 2023 so that you can tie this immediate work during your winter months or your off season to those longer term goals and stay motivated throughout. This is a good time to do it. And I highly encourage you to write these things down once you have it. So then you can look at it, you can go back to it, you can review it and keep it top of mind as you stay, you try to stay motivated to go chase those goals. So there you go. This is a good time to also begin goal setting and planning for 2023. So as a recap on these six things, one, choose an emphasis for these winter or off season months to stay focused, perhaps work a weakness. Number two, get the gear that you need so that you can train as consistently as possible year round and hopefully do it outside. Number three, if you need to, Stay inside, get on the treadmill, get on some sort of alternative cross-training device so that you can maintain fitness when you can't go outside safely. Number four, hydrate well. Don't forget that. Don't let it slip even though it's cooler in these months. Number five, plan ahead for holidays so that you can minimize the impact of that on your overall training and your overall plan. And number six, start looking ahead. This is the time to plan for 2023, purpose, goals, and of course, process and how your training cycles might fit together in the new year. So with that, we'll wrap it. Quickly though, before I do, I wanted to mention that I've got my 300th episode coming up, and I also would love to hear from you guys on topics for the podcast, both for my 300th episode, if you have an idea for something cool to do, or other topics that might fit in around that. Would love to get that so I can start working through some some listener-generated topics also. Please go check out my sponsors in BetterHelp and Care Of. I'll include the links to those offers in the show notes. Otherwise, we'll wrap this episode. You can always check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.